Next up on Talk Zone is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Are you concerned about your job? Concerned about losing it? Concerned about not having the tools needed to reinvent your career or to reposition yourself in the workplace? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, or even if you just want to be a part of the workplace improvement revolution, then join the conversation right now on Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. Now, here are your hosts, Charlie and Eva. Hello, Charles. Hello, E. How are you? Yeah, I am well, thank you. And I was just listening to our intro as we always do. Yeah, and yes, yes, and, yes. Well, I'm concerned about losing it, just period. I feel like Simon. <laughs> That's three yeses. Um, and we can hit the golden buzzer, right? <laughs> you know, I am happy to be here with you, but I'm not happy. Oh. Because, you know... Is this is this the proper venue to air that? <laughs> well, like we said last show, things are starting to below suck. Oh yeah, absolutely. And That's starting. We're really working hard just to get it up to suck. Yes, we are. We're working very hard. And you know, so we go through and we try to figure out what we're going to talk about, right? I mean, we put a lot of time, effort, energy into it. And last month we talked about listening. Yeah, we did. We talked a lot about listening. It's not easy sometimes. Um, I absolutely know it's not easy. But this month, and you were on the fence with this topic, this month I wanted to talk about empathy. Yeah, I was on the fence because, you know, with me, I would love to say, Eva, we got to hit him. We got to hit him while we got the muscle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, I'm right there with you with that, right? But, you know, when I get a hold of it, and I, I think empathy is big. And I even realize that without listening, we can't even get there. No, so I understand and respect what we talked about last show. So I recommend if you didn't, please click on last show and, and give a listen. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about empathy. We are. And we're going to talk about what empathy is, what empathy isn't, and then how you what you can do to start being a little more empathetic because I know a lot of times, you know, we've, we've worked and have lived around some tough guys, right. Mm -hmm. And, and tough women. I don't want to just keep it to men. And a lot of times you'd almost hear it. You can almost hear it, right. Empathize. Screw you. Yeah. Screw you and your empathy. What are you talking about? You're weak. You're weak. This is work. This is work. It's not play. You didn't get up and go to play. You got up and went to work. Thank you. Mm-hmm. yelling hi ho so yeah i wanted to talk about empathy today and i wanted us to have a conversation about it because i think there's a lot of confusion about what it is and that it's looked upon is like i said earlier is weakness and it's not true right it's not i was just going to say if you think it has anything to do with being weak i'll hold back what i'm going to say but it's not about weakness no but i wanted to even before we got into the empathy piece talk a little bit about you and me and and one of the things about um, you and I is that we are ENFPs. And you know what that is now. Yeah. You didn't originally. But what that is is part of the Myers-Briggs type indicator, which is based on Carl Jung's personality types, right? And ENFP is we're extroverted, obviously, intuitive, feeling, and perceiving, which at the end of the day, that makes us 
all feelings. Yeah. We are all feelings. We may look tough, sound tough, look tough, but we are all feelings, all feelings. And when we're looking at the news or we're looking at stuff that's going on at work, the first thing that popped into my head recently is, oh my gosh, like the empathy chip is missing in a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, you could see it in a second. Yeah, you can see it in a second. Now, when you think of empathy, what do you think of? What do you think that is? Um, well, I, you know, I don't want to cheat because I know now it's trying to experience what others are feeling. No, it's close. <laughs> see, I even had the answer and I got it wrong. It's close and I gave you the I should answer. take the cognitive test. <laughs> Now, let's have a little empathy for that one, okay? (laughs) No, but what empathy is, so what empathy is, is when you feel the feelings of someone else. So someone's going through something. Let's say they, one example is they slam their hand in a door and you actually can almost feel that. So, okay, I I get it. um, You don't look like you get it. I get it. It's hard for someone to be that, mm. right? Well, it's not hard for you. It's not hard for me. And it's not hard for me. And there, there are many examples, but, you know, um, it seems to be, um, what did you ever do for me? Or things like that come up. Yeah, so I wanted to get into that in a little bit, but I wanted to talk about the difference before we even get into, like, other nitty-gritty details. Okay, so just repeat that again, what it is. It's when you can feel what someone else is feeling. Okay. That's empathy. You're right there with them. I feel you, right? You almost say that sometimes, I feel you. That is empathy. I feel what they're feeling. Doesn't necessarily mean that you had to go through it, but you can feel, you can sense somebody's pain, and you can almost feel it. That's why people like me, ENFPs that are highly sensitive, and that's a whole nother topic and a whole nother, that's a whole nother show, right? We've had that show on high sensitivity as well. But people like me, ENFPs that are highly sensitive, we feel stuff. I mean, that's our first mode of taking in information as we feel it. So I don't necessarily have to go through it with you, but I have a very good sense of what that feels like. And um, with us, empathy factors into our decision-making mm. and our opinions. Right. 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 And it doesn't mean that other people don't have feelings. I mean, that's not what that means, right? So if you are a different type on the Myers-Briggs type indicator, it doesn't mean that you don't have feelings. You do. We lead with feelings. So we have a different set of issues that we have to deal with. We can over-empathize. We can feel stuff too deeply. And that's a problem. Like learning how to play poker correctly. Because I'd be like, oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) No poker face on you. No, no. (laughs) Yeah, I got it. I got it. So when we go back to empathy, I wanted to talk about the difference between Empathy, sympathy, and compassion. Jeez. And, you know, so we might be getting like, you know, a little too deep into this, but I did want to talk about that a little bit because people will say, well, you know, I'm sympathetic or I'm compassionate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
sympathy is where you get it. You know, someone's parent died. You kind of get it. You go, I'm really sorry. I don't want to cross the line so early in the show. Mm. Sympathy is what happened to that young man was wrong. Right. Right. That was wrong. Right. Wrong. Right. But yes, it's what happened to that young man was wrong. That's sympathy. And compassion is actually empathy going one step further. Wow. So compassion is when you actually take action. You feel somebody's pain and you take action. You try to help them. And sometimes compassion is just sitting with that person and feeling that pain with them and not even saying a word, but just sitting there and not trying to fix it, not trying to make it better, just having a moment. Not trying to give an opinion. Mm. Yeah, and the reason that we're even talking about this today, because I think it's so important to start looking at empathy more, because everybody in their ma has gone to these trainings. Anybody that's worked in corporate, even not in corporate, everybody's gone to these trainings. There's a million trainings out there, and yet everybody with social media and everything else that's going on, Everybody's getting overloaded, and the empathy chip is not getting nourished. No. No, it's not. And so that's so important because in order to be able to resolve issues, we need to be able to empathize. And that's how that's what I like about last month with listening. Mm -hmm. So in order for me to understand what someone is going through, I have to really listen. Get to really listen. Right. And the second piece of that, and we, we touched on it a little bit in last week's show, but the second piece of that is that we need to be able to empathize with them as well. So yeah. one of the things when you look at work, you think, well, where does empathy come into play with, with work? Well, it comes into play with your clients. Are you helping your clients? Can you feel the pain that your clients have? Um, a few years back, right, mm-hmm. we, we developed the CARE certification in the workplace program, CARE being an acronym. But um, the whole point was, if you have a solution to a problem, and that solution is at the expense of someone else, mm. you have to bite the bullet and come up with an alternative. Right. Right. So, um, and that's, that's empathizing, right? If, if, I'm not concerned with what's going to, how others are going to react or deal with my decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't want to let them eat cake, right? Um, so empathy factors into all of that. Empathy factors into it. And actually, if you can empathize with clients, right? If you can empathize with them, and that's not just, it's not just about bad feelings, it can be about good feelings as well. Right. I mean, just being able to feel someone else's feelings. If you can empathize with your client, you're going to build a really solid client relationship. And the reason for that is because the client feels understood. Yeah. And the client feels heard. So where else does that work? uh, The client feels relevant. Right. Um, It cascades all around. Right. Right. Your neighbor. Inside your house. Right. Your coworkers. Right. So it's not about dismissing because what I'm hearing lately is so, so prevalent lately is this dismissal. Well, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both sides are screwed up. Right. Or when you're looking at work with the client, the client's overly demanding. They don't know what they want. Yeah. Well, 
that may be the case that has happened. But on the other hand, it's important to understand where the client's coming from. Walking a mile in someone else's shoes. Yep. And, you know, also on the flip side of that is, well, the client's always right. And, you know, if we all listen to the issues at hand Mm -hmm. and share what each other's are going through, I don't think that'll ever have to come up that the client is always right. You know, you'll feel it. And the client in turn will feel it Mm -hmm. and maybe not be right. (laughs) Well, if everybody's working on building up their empathy skills, both sides are going to be able to empathize. So the client is going to be able to empathize with whatever the product is that you're delivering excuse me, that you're delivering. And we're going to be able to empathize with what the client needs with the product that we're delivering. And it sounds like such a simple um, way to behave. Um, Problem is, if you're not an ENFP, what do you do? Right. Well, there's some ways to build that, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. But we're going to go ahead and take our first break. Okay. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva, and we're talking about empathy today. We'll be right back. CARE Certification in the Workplace is the award-winning shared leadership training seminar that will revolutionize your career and position you as the go-to person in your organization, regardless of your job description. CARE is the acronym for Courage to Take Action Relevant to Everyone. This means your new workplace mission is to deliver results for the good of the company, but not at the expense of others. Up until now, CARE certification was only available through company-sponsored seminars. But now you can become CARE certified in the workplace on your own time. Order Module 1 today and begin the transformation. There's unlimited opportunity in the workplace today, provided you have the right strategy. Becoming CARE certified is the right strategy. For more information, go to charlieandeva.com. That's charlieandeva.com. And now, let's return to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. Okay, guys, welcome back. We are in segment two. Uh, Eva and I are discussing empathy, Mm -hmm. a follow-up of listening from last month. Um, You know, there's a lot of stuff going on out there today, Mm -hmm. and um, everybody has a solution. Everybody has a pointed finger. We're not trying to boil the ocean. We're just trying to maybe focus on one thing. And we're taking empathy because we believe that empathy helps everyone, sort of like it's universal. It is universal. Right? Yes. Um, So, okay, so where were we? Okay, so we talked about what empathy is, right? So we want to talk about what... Wait, one more time. (laughs) <laughs> it's the ability to feel what someone else is feeling. Okay. Oh, my so, God. I, I, it just makes me feel so remorseful and so guilty when I experience what others are feeling that are hurting so much. Yeah, I know. It does. But that's why you have to work that shit, because when you do feel it, it's hard then to just walk away from it. It's hard to walk away from it. So... Working the empathy chip, the empathy muscle, is really important for that reason. Because in order for people to find common ground, you have to at least find some way to empathize with what their situation is and what they're going through. So before you go forward, Mm -hmm. 
Mm, we're friends, right? I think so. So <laughs> for right now, so, uh, there's something I want to say as a result of what we're talking about and maybe yeah. crossing the line. Yeah. Um, when I look at it, it's such a simple thing. Um, the term Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. originated out of empathy. It's like Black Lives Matter, guys. Right. Well, when you can agree with Black Lives Matter being white, you're empathizing with that group. So that came out of a call to action. It came out of them saying, a group saying, wait a second. We are important and we are not being viewed the same as others. And I don't want to get too deep into that because... It's not my place to do that, right? But I can empathize with what they were feeling when I saw the video, Yeah. right? I mean, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Not sympathize, empathize. I empathized with yeah. it, correct. I yeah. empathized with it because it just, it hit me in the gut. It was a gut feel with that. Anyway, okay. So Thank you. I wanted to go a little bit further with the empathy piece before I go into what empathy is not. So one of the things that came up in the back of my mind when I started looking at this was a while ago, like this is a few years ago, somebody was talking about teaching in a school that was interracial. And one of the things the person said was, well, these kids just need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. And Again, it was one of these, I had one of these gut reactions of, hang on a second. Now, I have not lived in poverty ever. I have not, right? So I can't talk about that from experience. However, there is a piece of me that said bootstraps. Are are you kidding me? We don't even have a clue as to what these kids go through just to get on the bus to get to school. And that's empathy speaking. That's empathy speaking. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a clue. I don't know. I haven't lived that experience. But oh my gosh, like, don't tell me that because I don't believe that for one second. Because even though what I think about what's happening isn't even close to what's happening, you can at least still have a little bit of understanding of that it is a totally different experience from what we're experiencing for some of these kids. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's a child of color, white, whatever, kids that live in poverty or that have addictive parents have got issues. And just getting to school is hard. Yeah. And so when I heard that whole pull themselves up by their bootstraps, it just was like a gut punch. And it wasn't even my, you know, it wasn't even my thing, but I still felt that. I felt how insulting that was yeah, and and how uncaring that was. Just to go over that being empathetic is not weak, you know, don't give me that tough love crap because it's it's not true. Right. Right. Show some concern on how these kids are trying to grow up. Right. You know. Right. So that's an example of empathy and an example of where someone doesn't have empathy. So just write it off and say, you know what, if they pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Right. Or when you're cutting a whole department at work, right? Or there's, 
you know, big layoffs, nobody's getting raises, la la la. Again, not looking at what those people are going to have to go through when they lose their jobs, not looking at it, or not looking at now the people that have lost their lives to a pandemic. Yeah. And just pretending like it's a flu. Holy moly, 140,000 people. I know. That's all it I know. So what I want to talk about now, I want to talk about and counting, but sorry. Right. I want to talk about what empathy is not. So empathy is not about me or you. Right? It's not about us. So I know somebody in my life that the second I bring up something they will say, oh, I know, I went through that too. It's terrible. And all of a sudden, what happens is it's not an equal sharing. It's not a sitting with me in the feeling. It's become about that person. So if you're the type of person that turns around and says, oh, I know, you know, I lost my father last year too. It's really tough. That's fine, but that's not being empathetic. It suddenly has become about you and your experience. And so even though you have a shared experience, you're not validating this other person's experience. You're actually turning around and negating that other person's experience. Yeah. Um, since we're you know so close to the topic here, right, mm-hmm. I can see that clearly when maybe in life in general, I would not see it like that, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And so it's the same when you're at work. If someone is complaining or in the past, in the present too, when we were talking about women being harassed at work, women's harassment, you would constantly hear, well, it's not that big of a deal. You know, I've had people harass me, la la la. Get over it. Get over it. You don't have a sense of humor. You're too sensitive. You're negating that person. You're negating that person's feelings. Yeah, it has nothing to do with even agreeing or disagreeing. It has to do with understanding that that person felt something. Right. And so you're not listening. You're not empathizing. You're pretending like you're sympathizing sometimes. Yeah. But at the end of the day, what you're doing is you're basically saying to this person, you don't have a right to feel that way. You're negating what that person is feeling. And, you know, um, I learned the hard way and I wish I can get a do over. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but since we can't, we try to go forward when we really understand something. Right. So, I mean, that's that's made me a better person and it's a work in progress. But it's really, um, it's really, I don't know if it's abusive, if it's ignorance, if it's self-serving, but it's definitely the antithesis of empathy when you're thinking you're being empathetic. Right. When you're thinking you're being empathetic or you're being sympathetic, when the reality is, is you're just negating what somebody And throwing it on you. Right. Because what you're doing is you're basically saying, there's no issue for me. I don't have to do anything. Because when we take that on, we feel like we need to do something. So if we pretend that it doesn't affect us at all, or we don't, we're not feeling that, then we just kind of write it off. And, you know, it's taken me a long time to get to this point, but doing something in that instance would could even be let that person have their moment. Yeah, and talk. 
and and let them have their or cry or right. be joyful or whatever it is that they're feeling in that right. moment. Right. And Brene Brown does a great job of this because she was the one that studied vulnerability and she talks about empathy. And when she talks about it, she says empathy never starts with at least. Well, at least it's not cancer. Or like or at least it's not stage five. Like in um, what was the movie? Or at least I got a husband. At least airplane. I got a husband. Right, an airplane. At least I got a husband. Right. It never starts with at least. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, that makes a big difference to understand that. Let I'm talking to myself now, right? Let the other person have their emotion, mm-hmm. right? And by letting them have it, I'm also listening to it, mm-hmm. and I'll maybe feel as best I can it along with them. Empathy, in some ways, it can be kind of easy to figure out if you're empathizing, if you can say to yourself, how would I feel if I was in that position? How would I feel if it was me or if it was somebody I cared about, if it was a daughter or a husband or a brother? How would I feel about that? I don't think people take enough time to think about that. Right. And I have found myself, because we talked about social media last time, you know, social media is a really great way to lose your empathy because when you are face to face with someone, it's harder to say what you want to say. But when you are not face to face with someone, oh, I'm a, I'm a badass. Yeah. A total badass. And I have caught myself and I have been ashamed of myself for some stuff I've said and actually deleted some stuff. Cause I thought, no, this isn't okay. I would I catch myself because I would just get my emotions would just get too high around it. But we have to really be careful with ourselves because social media can really kill the empathy. Yeah. 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 So I'm yeah, what were you I, so okay. We know what it is. It's uh feeling the feelings of someone. Mm-hmm. We know good or bad. Good or bad. We know what it isn't, throwing it back on ourselves. Right. And making it all about and us. making it all about us. Right. And not saying at least. So either of those two things are negating the feelings of someone else or diminishing the feelings of someone else, even if they're joyful feelings, even if they're joyful. So then that person doesn't feel like they have a teammate, a shoulder. Right. They don't have a shoulder. So that's really what this is about. It's, so that's good. It's about becoming a teammate. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. We'll be right back. This is Charlie Lobosco. If you're working on a development project practicing agile methodologies, this message is for you, regardless of your role on the team. Agile is a faster, smarter, and more efficient way to develop and deliver continuous results. If this is not happening in your agile environment, reach out right now. My agile coaching and certification training programs empower you with agile skills that encourage collaboration, increase productivity, and even improve overall team morale. Now that's making a difference. I say, become Agile certified the right way, regardless of your role on the team, and then watch what happens. Reach out right now to charlie at charlieandiva.com and let's continue this conversation. Your future is counting on you. Let's get back to Charlie and Eva for more corporate talk on TalkZone. Zone. 
Thanks for staying with us, everyone. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Diva. And today we are talking about empathy. And we feel you. Just we want feel to let you. you know. So we've been talking about empathy, la, 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 what it is, what it isn't. What happens when you are too much of a feeler, when you empathize too much? There's something actually called empathetic contagion. I thought you were going to say clingy. Well, yeah, it's, it's not clinging. But anyway, empathetic contagion. And empathetic contagion is I'm walking by you. You're super angry, right? And the next thing you know, I'm not even realizing it. I'm super angry. I have picked up your anger. Now, think about that. You can see it out on social media. You can see it a lot on social media. You can see it in big group events, People pick up the feelings of those around them. You can feel it when you're in a city or, or at a concert, mm-hmm. right? If everybody's like super hyped up and happy, you're yelling, you're screaming. That might not even be you and you're doing it, right? I remember the thing that always comes to mind for me is being in the, I can't remember what it's called, not the pit. I think it was the pit of the Indianapolis 500 and There was, I can't remember the name of it, but there's this big area where everybody's just losing their mind, right? And we got, we walked by there by accident. And the next thing you know, we are surrounded by a group of guys that are all yelling at us. And now you know that individually, they would not do that, probably most of them, but they were caught up in that wave, right? And that's what happens. We can get caught up in that wave. Or if we're super empathetic, we can pick up other people's stuff. So is that different than you curse me out, I curse you out? No, that's different. That's different, right? No, this is where all of a sudden someone's walking by and they're really sad and maybe you hug them. And the next thing you know, you're really sad and you can't figure out why. Why am I sad all of a sudden? You've actually, it's like a virus. You've actually picked up. So someone's issue. Empathetic contagion, contagion is a form of empathy. It is, but it's like overload, too much empathy. And and the example of at a rock concert, screaming and yelling, which you may not normally do. Right. You get caught up in it. Lifting up your shirt or whatever. Right. But on a, on a one-on-one basis, like let's say you come home and you're really ticked off. And all of a sudden, I'm really ticked off. Like you threw your anger on me, and all of a sudden, I'm angry. Yeah. Because I'm a sponge. I'm picking up everybody's feelings, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, "What am I so angry about?" And you might even say to me, "What are you so angry about?" And I'm like, "I don't know." It's really important that when you have, when you're that sensitive to other people's feelings, that you take a minute and you check in with yourself, and you just say to yourself, "Hang on a second, is this mine? Or is this somebody else?" Yeah. Sometimes. Um, you might think you're being selfish by focusing on making sure, you know, I keep the blinders on, I stay grounded. I'm not absorbing that person's emotion right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what, you know, Brene Brown talks about that too, about the most compassionate and empathetic people she knows. And she was really surprised about this in her research were the ones that had the best boundaries. Because when you've got good, 
when you've got good boundaries and you don't let everything in, you then have the bandwidth to be compassionate. See, now, now it gets complicated, right? Complicated. We started out with um, feeling the feelings of others. Right. But now, wait, there's limits. There's limits, and you need to be discerning about it. So there's some people that never feel the feelings, right? They don't even know their own feelings. That's the ones that you'll term sociopathic or psychopathic, right? They just, they'll pretend that they're feeling feelings, but they're not feeling them. Yeah. And they certainly aren't feeling the feelings of anyone else because they have trouble feeling their own feelings. They don't have them. But then you've got the other side of it, which was actually me when I was younger, was I picked up everybody's vibe. So if everybody was happy, I was happy. If everybody was sad, I was sad. If everybody's angry, I was angry. Whoa, that's that's not good. That's not good for you. No, it's not good for me. Right. Right. Um, so I could empathize to the point where I would take it on, you know, and there's all sorts of, you know, research around that too, but I would take it on and that is not good. That's where you have to come up with the boundaries. That's why boundaries are so important. But I don't want to make um, light of this because I can see people using the boundaries as an excuse. I'm sorry, it's out of my pay grade. I can't even deal with this right now. Well, you do hear people using that, right? You do hear people using it. But that's not to say that, yeah, you don't have to take it on fully, but you should be able to see it from a certain point of view where you kind of say, yeah, but I get it. Okay, so so that's good. So boundaries is not being non-empathetic because it's outside your boundaries. Right. It's um, means your involvement can be limited for your own well-being. Right. But make no mistake, there's something you're feeling. Right. Right. And so that's why it's important to do a lot of self-care, especially if you're someone that feels a lot of feelings. So we'll talk first about that and then we'll go into like what to do if you feel like maybe you should have a little more empathy, right? So first, let's take the person that's super empathetic. First of all, understand that that's who you are, right? When you feel the feelings of other people, you know, you cry at that Hallmark commercial, right? You you get excited when you're around people that are excited. You're super empathetic. You're all about the feelings. If you could do the Myers-Briggs type indicator, if you haven't, I mean, that's a really great, great way to find out what you are, what your personality type is. There's all sorts of things, the Enneagram. But anyway, just to get a handle on that, if you're empathetic, then self-care is important. And every single thing that you're letting in is really important. So you want to limit, if not eliminate, social media. You want to eliminate, if not limit, violent movies. Anything that is just too much for you, you need to limit that a little bit. So can you unempathize yourself by making all these adjustments? Um, well, you can, but what you can do is more on the flip side of that, you can become so overwhelmed that you can't you can't help anybody because you can't help yourself. You can become kind of so up. overwhelmed. You, yeah, you seize up and you just speed all up. And that's where you start having people that are drinking a lot. That's why you see a lot of artists 
that do drugs and drink a lot because they feel so much and then they get put in the spotlight and you'll hear them say, I just want to, I just want to sing my songs. I just want to make my music. I didn't want all this other hoopla around it because it's too much to handle. So if you're not aware of it, you'll start Mm self-medicating. So it's really important to start pulling back and limiting what you let in. So it's not that, yeah, you can feel someone's feelings, but you also need to understand that those feelings aren't your feelings all the time. You can't take it all on because you will get overwhelmed and go under. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I, for me personally, one of my proudest attributes is understanding the feelings when I see them in others. I, I agree with that. And, you know, uh, when I can't do anything mm-hmm. or when I shouldn't do anything, it does impact me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I don't want to selfishly treat myself and lose sight of, you know, what I'm feeling. Right. You know, that's the challenge. It is a challenge. It is a challenge. But it's also important. I think just having the understanding that that's your personality type makes a difference. Just understanding that sometimes those feelings aren't my feelings. So getting nice and grounded by meditating, writing, doing some EFT tapping work, any of that can really help. And really watching, that's why we have to be really careful about what we eat and drink, especially those of us that are super sensitive, because our systems are wired so sensitively. Um, Not to change the subject, but um, since we're talking about it, do you think John Boehner is empathetic? Yes. He's always crying like a baby. (laughs) He's always crying like a baby. And now maybe... And now he's selling pot. Yeah, so maybe he's self-medicating. Yeah. Or maybe it makes him feel better. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I do think so. I mean, as much as he annoyed me, he really was. He could be very empathetic. Yeah, he did feel it. Yeah, he felt it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's funny that you bring him up. But yeah, absolutely. And so then on the flip side, for those that may not be as empathetic. Who cares? I can't be bothered with this. I I don't bothered with this nonsense. Yeah, right. Well, sometimes that's a cover. For people that do feel a lot, just having that really harsh exterior because they did feel so much, they didn't really look at how to get a hold of those feelings. So yeah. they put this like tough shell over them. So what? that's a whole nother. Wait, point. wait, what did you say before? What it's not? It's not at least. Right. It's, it's also. Oh, please. So right. I mean, it's oh, not please. dismissal. Or, either. You know what? <laughs> right. So it's none of that. So when it comes to, well, how do we up our empathy? Right. How do we do that? One way is to start going to different places and seeing how different people live. Now, you know, I would say that living in a city, really two cities, actually, I lived in downtown Chicago and I lived in Manhattan. Um, Living in those two places and working in those two places really changed and opened up my point of view about a lot of different things Um, because we were working with a lot of different people, a lot of different nationalities. Um, You just really were living in an area where there was a ton of people. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, I have to this day, I will talk to people that will say, 
oh, I've never been to Manhattan. You know, that's just too scary. I'm like, I lived and worked in Manhattan. There was nothing scary about it. It was terrific, right? But people have a perception. So if you have a perception, it's important to then kind of widen and broaden your horizons and go look around a little bit. So you have to go into yourself and figure that out. Right, right. And start looking at different ways of living. You know, I remember when I was telling you before the show started, right? I remember when I went to England and I was just hanging out. It wasn't for work or anything. I was actually meeting people there that I knew. And I was hanging out with a couple that was from England and they go, well, what was it like, you know, for the the kids when they start their first day of school? Is it when they're on orientation, do they get a gun and a packet of cocaine? I'm like, (laughs) now I would say kind of, but (laughs) back then it was a long time ago and say, well, not exactly. Right. But that's that. It's funny, but it's a, it's a, stereotype or preconceived notion you know you need to open up a little bit yeah like we don't have stereotypes on them well exactly so but going over there changed some of my stereotypes yeah no i agree and you know like your point is well taken and also about living in the cities i mean to simplify like my father used to say if everybody's so smart how come everybody loses at the track right so if, if the city is so bad, how come there's 10 million people living in there? Right. But every, well, there's two things there, right? First of all, people lose at the track because it's a game of chance. <laughs> That's number one. It's got nothing to do with smart. And, and number two is, yeah, people live in the city. And there was a time that the city was scary, but people still were living there. I mean, when I first moved to Chicago downtown, it wasn't gentrified. There were no condos yet. Um, you know, there were prostitutes walking up on Broadway where I was going to do my grocery shopping, but it was still okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, you have to open up a little and see for yourself. You have to open up before you stereotype. And that applies to me as well with certain things, but I agree. All right. So we're going to take our final break. (laughs) Stay with us, everyone, please. We have one more segment. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie. Let's finish big. Right back. Let's face it. Getting noticed at work can be tough. And if you're someone that struggles with anxiety when giving a presentation, voicing your opinion, or sharing your skills with other professionals, it can be even tougher. Hi, I'm Eva Lewandowski, and I know how it feels. You have the confidence, yet when all eyes are on you, the fear can kick in. I tried everything from Toastmasters to hypnosis, and nothing helped. But in my search, I uncovered a secret. There was nothing wrong with me. I just needed the right combination of tools and support. So I developed my own program that teaches you how to calm the physical symptoms, stop the negative self-talk, and shows you how to confidently step into the role of leader, regardless of your job title. If you do the work, this program is not only effective, it's fast. So reach out to me at Eva at charlieandeva.com for a free 30-minute consultation. It's your turn to step into the spotlight. Welcome back to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva on TalkZone.com. So uh, welcome back, everyone. Um, we talking empathy, and we went from something as simple as trying to experience the feelings of others to boundaries and broadening <laughs> um, Self-soothing. Yeah. 
so there's two ways to look at it, right? So there's the there's those of us that are super empathetic, but even those of us that are super empathetic have our own preconceived notions about stuff. So it's important then even for us to broaden our horizons, but to also make sure that the the boundaries are in place so that we're just not taking on everybody's feelings. But one of the things that even when we were working, one of the things that I thought we did really well was our ability to understand what the people we were working with were going through. Client, not the client, coworkers, everybody. So taking that empathy back to the office and getting hammered by the non-empathetic seniors. Why do you care? You know, as well, that's their job. We're trying to make it better. Right. You know? Right. Um, It really, it did wreak havoc on us. It did, but I know that even in my consulting work is that that is what kept us on those projects longer. That is what kept us there. That is what built the relationship with the client. Yeah, it does build trust. Mm-hmm, builds trust. Because they know you feel it, even if you don't agree. Right. And even if you have to say no. Yeah, you have to say it's no. It's not about always saying yes to everybody, but being able to show that you have a level of understanding of what they're going through and that you are doing what's in your power to try to at least address it. Yeah, it's very And the empathy needs to go on both sides, right? When you're looking at an issue, so the client also needed to empathize with us. Yeah, so right? that we could, they know what we're, what we have to do. We have to go and sell it to get the money. right. And it's the same thing when you're looking at what's going on in politics, right? Both sides need to be able to empathize. Both sides need to be able to see what's going on. Both sides need to gain some understanding. But you also have to be open to looking at what the other side is saying. It almost seems like, um, you know, you could look at it at a high level and almost see that it's an empathy battle and not a political battle. It is an empathy battle, I think. I mean, that's how I look at it when I see it. And and we just saw something in the news just in the last couple of days with AOC, lover or lever, being yelled at on the steps of the Capitol, right? And in a very misogynistic way. And the thing with that, which she called him out on, even though he tried to apologize, I put that in air quotes, Um, She called him out on that today and we watched that, what she had to say. I thought what she did was excellent because what she did was she said, basically, put yourself in someone else's shoes. What if it was your daughters being spoken to like this? What if it was your wife's being spoken to like this? That is not okay. And yeah, what she did not do was, oh, yeah, you know. Right. Um. She tried to explain empathy. She did, and she didn't call it that, but that's exactly what that was. Walk in these different shoes for a minute. Put yourself in that other person's place. Yeah. And Um, look at it that way, and how would you feel? Look at it that way. And when you see people talking about monuments or flags, look at how the people feel that are looking at that symbol Feel that a little bit. Put yourself in their shoes. Don't automatically dismiss it. And I think that's the biggest thing is that if we could just take a breath 
And I put us in there, too. I mean, I'm not saying that we're perfect because we're certainly not. I mean, yeah, we're feelers, but we get angry and we just we get dismissive and we don't listen either. Right. And so it's for all of us, all of us to be able to come to a common good is to have some empathy and to listen and to feel, put ourselves in someone else's shoes and try to feel what that person's feeling if we can't. Just try it. And that has to do with listening. Maybe maybe an, uh, a byproduct of listening could be observe, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we can't off the cuff stereotype and make decisions. This is, look at where it has got, look at where it got us. Right. Right. And I'm not going to get totally into it now, but the first thing that I thought of with empathy was the bully and the victim and the bystander. So you've got the person that's the aggressor, you've got the the victim of the aggressor, but then you've got all the bystanders and the bystanders may be feeling what the victim's feeling, but they don't have the compassion to step up together to take down the bully. And the bully's got their own issues, but you have to stop that bullying. So it's that, that empathy combined with action makes compassion. You know, I agree. Um, And as usual, I'm learning a lot here, but what's bugs me is people will be sitting there, the social media, the finger pointers, saying, well, on the flip side, the bystanders might be siding with the bully because the bully's making a valid point, you know. And so there you have it, you know, which way is up. Right. Well, and there are no easy answers. I think in my mind, to me, it is simple. To me, it is simple. To me, it is a simple answer. Instead of if you are constantly defending, then you're not empathizing. Defense is not empathy. Defending your point of view is not empathizing with someone else. Yeah, that's that's exactly the example you gave earlier. You you end up turning it back on you. Right. You make it all about you and you're not empathizing. You think you're being sympathetic. Yeah, that was the bad thing to do. That wasn't the right thing to do. But on the other hand, you're negating what that person or people are going through. You know, we have to do a better job. Right. We have to do a better job feeling the feelings of others. Right. And we had to do a better job starting in our own homes, starting in our own homes. I mean, I know that we can everybody says, well, no, everything is fine in our house, blah, blah, blah. But you see it all the time. We do it to each other sometimes. Right. I mean, you have to start at home, move into work and then move into the bigger world. Yeah. Right. Uh, Start with yourself. Um, Again, what bugs me, people that might be living alone doesn't apply because there's no one to interact with. All they have is social media. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like we need to do something for those guys. Right. Right. Well, if we could empathize with those guys. Because what you hear a lot is that we make fun of those guys when the reality is, is we should be empathizing with them and what they're doing and feeding them something to to lift them up. So they feel like teammates as well. So that they feel like they have teammates, that people understand what they're going through. Yeah. And again, it's not about 
agreeing or disagreeing, right? It's just understanding what somebody is going through, like really listening and understanding what someone's going through. That is empathy and feeling that. Jeez. Yeah. So it's just food for thought. It is a lot of food for thought. And, um, you know, when we did listening, we didn't know we were going to do empathy. No, we didn't. Uh, and they are very much related. They are, Because yeah. you can't have empathy without listening. Right. Right. Um, and I think we can all do a better job of both. Right. But empathy just takes that listening a step further by actually then putting yourself in that situation and saying, gosh, how would I feel if this was me? Yeah. You know, if you're not already feeling it, how would I feel if this was me, if this happened to me? How would I feel? Yeah. Yeah. And really understand. The world that. would be different. It would be very different. Yeah. Great. Great show, E. Well, thank you so much for listening. This is Corporate Talk with Charlie and Eva. And if you would like to continue this conversation, just reach out to us at info at charlieandeva.com. Excellent. Can't wait till next week. Yes. Take Have care. Have a great week. You've been listening to Corporate Talk with Charlie and Diva. Special thanks to our producer, Randy Meyer, and the entire TalkZone family. All of our replays are available at TalkZone.com or download the free TalkZone app so you can listen to our show at any time. Your suggestions and comments are always welcome. Just email us at info at charlieandiva.com. Thanks again for listening. Hey everyone, Charlie here. Did you know Eva and I have a really cool e-commerce shopping site? It's shopcharlieandeva.com. Check it out. You'll find custom designs that might just make a statement about you. And some great gift items, too. That's shopcharlieandeva.com. We're adding more designs every month, so be sure to keep checking back in. One last time, shopcharlieandeva.com.